0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Happy Monday morning to you and welcome to The Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you had a great weekend, and you're getting you're getting your week and your month of August started off in as great a way as possible. Of course, this is a, the Daily Hammer, your daily source of news when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, through the Talking Chop podcast network. Obviously, you can find all the great content when it comes to Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com, as well as at Talking Chop across all platforms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me on Twitter at StatsSAC. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously the Braves went into Sunday's game having to feel pretty confident. They had scored a total of eight runs off of arguably one of the top five duos of starting pitchers in the majors in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Obviously in game one, the Braves went up four to nothing, but Tukey Tassant could not hold the lead, and the Braves wound up losing nine to five. And then of course in Saturday's game, Thanks to Dansby Swanson, seven RBIs, two home runs, including a grand slam, the Braves were able to win 8-1. to one. So going into Sunday's game, the Braves had to feel pretty confident because on the mound was Charlie Morton, a pitcher who in his last 13 starts entering yesterday's ballgame, the Braves were 10-3 in those starts. And on the mound for the Brewers was Brett Anderson. Well, of course, the Braves, once again, the day after, They won a ball game, and they won it in convincing fashion where the starting pitching, the bullpen, and the offense were all in sync. How did they respond? Once again, the offense absolutely could not find a hit while the starting pitching and bullpen absolutely shine. The Brewers got off to an early lead with a a solo home run off the the bat of Willie Adamas who cannot be given enough credit for how much he has meant to this Brewers team as one of their main offensive contributors especially with Christian Yelich having been out of the lineup for much of the season. He was able to put the Brewers ahead one to nothing. The Braves tried to find an opportunity but just could not get hits. They started off early and often putting the bat on the ball but not a lot of opportunities as any hard hit balls found their ways into Brewers players' gloves. At the top of the third inning, bottom of the third inning, the Braves had a golden opportunity to score. Guillermo Heredia hit his 23rd double of the year, but unfortunately, the Braves could not get him in. As once again with a runner in scoring position with less with one or less outs, the Braves could not convert. Back and forth the game went until the top of the fifth inning, in which the Brewers were able to score another run off a Jackie Bradley Jr. ground out. Well, finally, in the bottom of the sixth, the Braves came to the plate down 2 to nothing. Charlie Morton had just ended his day by getting the Brewers to, he struck out the side in the top of the sixth inning, more than enough to put this Braves offense in a in a position to be able to earn a victory. And so in the bottom of the sixth inning, though Abraham Almonte flew out, Ozzie Albee singled. Jorge, Sol- Jorge Solar walked, but Freddie Freeman lined out sharply to Lorenzo Cain, and so t- with a runner on second, once again one or less outs. It looks like the Braves were not going to be able to convert until Austin Riley, once again, as he had done all month for most of the month of July, delivered to give their brave bra- the Braves their first run of the ball game and make the score two to one. In the top of the seventh, Chris Martin came out and silenced the Brewers again. The Braves were able to get seven one-two-three innings from the Brewers. That is correct. In seven of the nine innings that the Brewers came to bat, the Braves were able to get a 1-2-3 inning against them. The only innings that they did not, the first and the fifth inning, those were the innings in which the Brewers scored their runs. In the bottom of the seventh, Adam Duvall flied out to center. Guillermo Heredia struck out. Kevon Smith then got a rare hit to to right field, and Jock Peterson got hit by a pitch. Braves, once again, runners on first and second, this time two outs. Ozzie Albies then grounded out to first in the inning. The rest of the game, the Braves were able to silence the Brewers, but the the Braves could not do anything themselves, um, though they had opportunities once again in the bottom of the eighth. So in the third, seventh, and eighth inning, Including in the third and eighth inning, when the Braves had a runner on second and one or less outs, but in all three of those innings, the Braves had a chance to score and could not get the run in. 0 for 5 in those innings, specifically when it came to runners in scoring position, golden opportunities to be able to, in some way, shape, or form, grab the lead, but just could not get it done. And then Josh Hader came out and closed the game in the top or in the bottom of the ninth inning once again. The Braves lost a game 2-1. to one. To be honest, it feels like we've lost 2-1 to one at least five or six times since the second half of the season started. But a bit of history was made. The Braves now officially have the longest streak, depending on official records, the Braves now ha- unofficially have the longest stretch of games in which they have not had a cons- two consecutive wins or losses in a row. We're now up to 17 games in which this Braves team has been able to go back and forth when it comes to or losses. And the crazy thing about it is, is that it, it's so frustrating as to why it is. Because it's not the pitching. For the month of July, the Braves starting pitchers were above average when it comes to um, ERA, when it comes to FIP, when it comes to production overall, overall, F4, whatever you want to call it. The Braves starters have been ab- average to slightly above average. It's not the bullpen. In the month of July, the Braves' bullpen, they ranked 4th in ERA in the majors, 6th in the ERA and FIP. A bit weird as to how they did it. The Braves' bullpen was 29th in the majors in strikeouts per nine innings, but they also were 3rd in stra- and left on base percentage. They did very, very well at stranding runners on base. So at the end of the day, it's not been... The pitching, the pitching has consistently put this Braves team in a position to win or kept them in the game or held a lead. The problem is, is the streakiness of the offense. One day we'll sit here and, you know, have an Austin Riley or a Dansby Swanson multi-homer outburst, and then the next day we can't get uh, more than one run across the plate. The streakiness of the offense is what has allowed for this streak of consecutive wins, loss, wins, loss to go on. And at some point in time, the Braves offense is going to have to figure out how to do better in situational hitting. There are far too many games in which this Braves team is going 1-for-10, 2-for-11, 1-for-9. They're starting out 1-for-8, 1-for-9 in these games, and before they know it, they run out of chances to be able to take advantage of the good pitching. Better Better situational hitting has to be figured out for this Braves team to move forward and be able to take advantage of the fact that neither the Mets or the Phillies are playing good baseball as well, especially with the fact that a few players for both the Mets and Phillies are out. The Braves have a golden opportunity especially with their upcoming schedule being pretty friendly. They have an upcoming opportunity to really make some moves in the NL East, but their ability to deliver in situational spots, especially with runners in scoring position and one or less outs, that production has to improve for this Braves team to consistently be able to get the wins it needs to start to make up to start to make up some ground in the NL East.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts
1: with the fall guy.
0: Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
1: Two game and they they only won one game out of this three-game series, though it certainly did feel like they were the better team on the field. But it was an exciting weekend. Hank Aaron weekend seemed to certainly be a success. Hope everybody that attended and took part in the festivities certainly enjoyed the the, the all the different festivities honoring the great that was Hank Aaron. Obviously, also it was an exciting time because we got to see the new faces in Atlanta. Adam Duval and Jorge Solar made their debuts. Richard Rodriguez. Two straight days of effective pitching out of the bullpen to set up hopefully a very good 1-2-3 combination with Chris Martin and Will Smith, with maybe Tyler Matzik as well as Luke Jackson thrown into the equation as well. It feels like that the overall product that is Braves baseball this year certainly has improved with the revamped outfield as well as adding Rodriguez to the bullpen. And personally, the thing that I take from the moves that Alex Anthopoulos made at the trade deadline is this, is now having brought in Eddie Rosario, Jot Peterson, Adam Duvall, and Jorge Solar. Basically, I think the other thing besides improving this Braves team's chances of making the playoffs, I kind of get the feeling that perhaps Anthopolis is kind of having a tryout from these outfield options to see who could fit roles for this team next year. It certainly seems that both Christian Pache as well as Drew Waters, though they have had success at times may need a bit more seasoning in AAA. Obviously, not knowing what's going to happen with the Marzell Suna situation, it does seem like there are going to be plenty of openings on the roster next year to go along with Ronald Acuna Jr. out in the outfield. You've got options you could look at for Adam Duvall, as well as Yacht Peterson going into next year, and you're likely going to be able to see if you can retain Eddie Rosario or Jorge Solor on a pretty cheap contract with the fact that both have struggled this year. You even could go as far as to suggest that maybe Solor, if the DH were to come back next year and the Braves don't have an obvious option there, perhaps that is something that they could look at, maybe using him in that role next year. So you obviously have the contributions they can make this year, but perhaps also look at what they could go Look what they can do beyond, since you have a couple of team options for Duvall and Peterson, as well as seeing what you might get out of Rosario or Solar and want to keep one of those two in the fold for next season as well. But obviously on the horizon for the Braves is the St. Louis Cardinals, a trip to St. Louis. And the thing about it is this, is that the Braves should feel like that they will have the advantage when it comes to the pitching matchups. On Tuesday, you will see the Braves with Max Reed on the mound against J.A. Happ. On Wednesday you'll see, or excuse me, John Lester, on Wednesday, you'll see the Braves have Drew Smiley. Yes, we're confident in Drew Smiley matchups now. Drew Smiley on the mound against J.A. Happ. And then on Thursday, Tukey Toussaint, though he did struggle in his last outing, he'll be facing off against Wade LeBlanc. So the matchups are Tuesday, Max Reed versus John Lester. Wednesday, Drew Smiley versus J.A. Happ. And then on Thursday, you'll have um, Tukey Toussaint Versus Wade LeBlanc. Obviously, Lester and Hap are going to be making our two new faces in St. Louis from the trade deadline. But the big thing is, is that this Braves team, especially with Duvall and Solar in the fold now, you have to feel as if they would be confident going into this series against three beatable left handers. But the problem is, is that they had a golden opportunity to do that yesterday against Brad Anderson and could not get the job done. This Braves offense is going to have to take the off day and really focus on producing against left handed batters. You may see Jock Peterson make an appearance in the lineup, but Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, as well as others are going to have to step up in these matchups. Overall, the Braves are 14th this year against left-handed pitching, fourteenth in the majors against left-handed pitching. You would think that Solar and Duvall would help that out. Solar certainly can get it done, Uh, 836 OPS this year against left-handed pitching. Duvall typically, especially last year, has done very well against left-handed pitching, but he's only got a 619 OPS coming into yesterday's game. But in the end, you have to feel strongly that this Braves lineup should at least be good enough to support the pitching and bullpen to get two out of three wins. And if the Braves can win a series, they then go into a stretch of August where they now play a depleted Washington Nationals roster, the Marlins, as well as the Orioles, they have a good two to two and a half week stretch where they're playing against teams that are not on their level. If the Braves can get through this St. Louis series with a series victory, they really could position themselves to take a needed run to again, once again, make up ground in the NL East because of the fact that they're going to be playing against a manageable schedule. And if their pitching can keep up their pace at all, If this Braves offense, with the new additions that it has, really can get on a hot streak, they can make up ground fast. The talent is certainly there. It's just time to execute, and it especially comes in place in situational hitting when the Braves have golden opportunities to score. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. My name, once again, is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. Tomorrow, you will be able to listen to the Road to Atlanta podcast, which features great talents like Eric Cole, Matt Powers, and Garrett Spain. And of course, weekly, you will also get to hear from Brad Rowan and Scott Coleman on the Talking Shop podcast, all a part of the Talking Shop podcast network. You can find all the great content, podcasts, written work, whatever it may be, through TalkingShop.com as well as at Talkin Shop across social media. My name is Sean Coleman. Find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. It's been a pleasure, pleasure. Leading your Monday off with the latest from Atlanta. Hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon here on the Daily Hammer.